Well, welcome to the Annapolis Christian Academy Warriors podcast. It has been a minute since Travis and I have recorded one. This is Rob George. I am a parent in the school and also the board president for this year. Um, I'm excited to be joined by Travis Lockyer, the head of school and many other hats that he's wearing at the moment. We wanted to have a conversation, sort of a state of the school, a recap of last year and a looking forward to next year so that all of our families can know what to expect and what we're excited about. So Travis, welcome. You said it was a minute and it felt like, uh, <laughs> it felt like the school year went by in a flash, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome. So I know that uh, speaking of this past school year, let's do a little bit of a recap over what we experienced in the last year and what we were excited to, to have witnessed coming through what, was, what could have been a pretty turbulent year, but we were very blessed here at Annapolis with, uh, by God's grace, able to stay in school, to navigate through some of the COVID protocols and so forth. And I'll take a moment just to say that we're really grateful to all of our families for their patience with the school as we navigated uh, a pretty trying time and uh, an unprecedented time. So thank you to all of you Annapolis families out there that were patient with us as we worked through the COVID protocols and other protocols at the school. We're grateful that you continue to trust us with your children this year, and we're excited to continue serving them. So Travis, why don't you kind of hit on some of the highlights uh, of the school year? Yeah, there, there was a lot of them, and I, I do want to echo Rob's sentiments about just being so grateful for families, their understanding, flexibility, um, as always, a commitment and sacrifice to the school. Um, I'm looking forward to a summer of not having to write and rewrite and then rewrite those uh, COVID product <laughs> protocols and procedures yes. uh, to get back to more of a normal, uh, normalized school setting. But just thinking back to the school year, um, just how God continued to bless us as a school, we saw growth through the whole school year. We were adding kids even into second semester because God was calling more and more families to come to us. That was such a blessing. Um, we uh, won multiple state championships athletically. Kids grew and flourished in face-to-face, on-person, in-person, on-campus learning. Um, we, we just, God really, uh, just looking back, I just am so grateful for the work that God did and the blessings that we, we were able to share with, uh, with the families and with students and staff. Um, we are excited to, uh, as we look ahead, we have the highest retention rate ever as a school, or at least since we've been recording <laughs> that mm-hmm. retention rate. We are so grateful for families um, committing to us as a school and re-enrolling. Um, it, just, it just blows me away. And we're continuing to see enrollment growth at all levels of our school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have several classes that have 100% re-enrollment. We have several classes that we've had to, uh, we've, we've had to split our first grade class. Uh, we're looking at classes that are reaching target capacity. It's just, um, again, we're just, I'm just really humbled and grateful for, um, for all of that and just so much to celebrate that mm-hmm. as far as God's blessing for, um, for us as a school. It's been exciting to also see um, the growth in grammar, but then we're even seeing growth at the solar levels, particularly at the rhetoric level. And I think that all of our teachers in the school, we owe a, a debt of grat- gratitude to each of them for also navigating this complicated year, being willing to show up, being willing to continue to teach with excellence, uh, being willing to learn and to grow alongside the, the rest of their faculty brethren in the administration of the school. And 
some of the fruits of their excellence is the highest retention rate that we've ever had. That means families are confident in the product that we're delivering as a school and that that product is delivered almost exclusively by the teachers. Right. And so it's great, uh, it's great that the families have kind of given the, their vote, right, with their dollars and their, their trust to continue, um, to continue to stay in our school. And we're very excited and very blessed to have the faculty that we have. We know that they play a huge role in our ability to retain our families here at Annapolis. Yeah, we, you know, we, when I look for faculty members, I'm looking for not just people looking for a job. We, I want people that feel a calling. They come here, they sacrifice greatly, um, you know, financially. Uh, there's a lot of time commitments that they have to sacrifice. And so um, having faculty that are pursuing excellence themselves and growing um, spiritually and professionally and academically, but then feel called to raise up the next generation for the Lord. It's just a wonderful working environment. Uh, it's a wonderful kind of atmosphere that uh, that is created by having staff that, that cooperate together, work together, love one another, mm -hmm. and then that gets passed on to the students. Well, we as parents, we certainly see that camaraderie among the faculty, and then you know, that gives you a sense of peace that the classrooms are gonna be well organized and that the teachers are going to be looking out for each other also to say hey I can see that you need a little help so I'm going to jump in and pick up where I can and um, there's a continuity among the faculty which is also great you see that the older the teachers that are in higher levels are working with the teachers that are in the lower levels to kind of help mastery and goals and those sorts of things so that when the kids get to the higher levels they're ready for what those teachers are bringing to the classroom too. Yeah having even though it's challenging to have kind of a singular head, one of the things that has helped is it has brought more of a pre-K through 12 feel to us as a, as a school and particularly the faculty culture. We do prayer time together. We do uh, you know, faculty, several faculty meetings together. Um, so that, that's helped with just getting an understanding that um, I'm not just in this little silo. I'm just not in my classroom, that this is, we're part of a group, a bigger, process and everyone's working together and working and we're you know we're passing the baton of the kids from one to the other and eventually we want to get them across the finish line to the glory of the Lord so well one of the other reasons we we believe that we're experiencing some growth in the school is related to what's happening in the culture outside of Christian schools and and outside of Annapolis more specifically so let's visit a little bit about what um, the general phrasing of the topic is education is not neutral um, let's talk about what that means and why we think we're seeing some growth as a result of folks realizing that education truly is not neutral. What do we mean by that and what are we seeing as a result of, of that realization here? Yeah, I think um, it has, this has been happening for quite a while, but I think COVID and the just nationally what happened to with teacher unions and, and schools, that it became very, very apparent um, what the aims and goals of education, um, what, what was really happening. Um, as Rob said, education is not morally neutral, but that seems to be something that people uh, struggle with kind of understanding. And, it, and one of the best analogies is it's, it's the idea that, you know, um, education is like a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. And I can get vanilla ice cream from anywhere but I'll go to Annapolis because they've got better sprinkles and I like the sugar cone there. <laughs> they've got a, wa a waffle cone versus a sugar cone. Right. But the ice cream's basically the same. I could go to school X. Mm -hmm. um, 
I get the scoop of ice cream, but I don't like the sprinkles and they their cones aren't as good. Right. Now that, that is definitely a perception that a lot of folks have of education. Is It really is the same base unit everywhere and it's just what each school puts on top. Yeah, but, but I think when you really dig deep, you realize that it's not morally neutral. Everything comes from a worldview. It comes from philosophy. It's taught from a perspective. And the curriculum and who teaches it and how it's taught all comes from a specific worldview, mm -hmm. a specific philosophy of what we believe about God and how he works in the world. So if I, I may believe in God, but I just maybe omit talking about God, that's still a philosophy. That's still, mm -hmm. I'm still stating something about God, and that is, yeah, there's a God, but he doesn't belong here, or he doesn't fit here. So when I teach math, you think, well, it's math. It's two plus two is four. But if I don't believe that there's a God of order mm -hmm. who has from eternity past and future ha will keep everything in order, but math is just kind of this um, set of random things that have kind of worked together and then it's kind of human constructs and, and culturally what we define math to be. Right. Well, eventually at some point, two plus two doesn't have to be four. Mm -hmm. I can decide it, it's something else. Two plus two gets to identify as something else. Right. right. And so when it's this human construct from a, from a secular worldview, all of a sudden you are teaching from a completely different perspective mm -hmm than what we're tr attempting to do here from a Christian perspective of God is a creator, we're a creation, there's an order. Um, so it's not morally neutral. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing is that this research has been coming out again and again about the number of church-going um, students in high school when they go to college, the number of those students that stop going to church is around 70%. It's a massive number of kids mm -hmm. that once they leave the confines of home are choosing not to continue even in just regular church attendance. Well, we look to the secular colleges as kind of the, you know, the culprit of that, but I would argue that, that is hap that's happening much earlier on. Right. Once they get the freedom to choose to go to church or not, they're not going, but they've already made that choice or they've already made those decisions in the formative years mm -hmm. of junior high and high school and even earlier than that. That those formative years of uh, when they have to go to church, but, they, but their heart really isn't there. And then when they do get the choice, they walk away from the right. faith. That is not a morally neutral situation because most of those kids are not going to a school that's promoting Christ right. and the gospel, that um, those things are being imprinted in their hearts from very early on. So it's not morally neutral. There definitely is something going on. You could even uh, coin it as there's evangelism going on, right? right? That, that, that students are being evangelized with a certain type of gospel. It's either the gospel of Christ and the cross or evangelized of something else, mm -hmm. of, of you and your feelings mm -hmm. and your ideas being the most important thing about you. That, it doesn't matter where you're going, you're going to get evangelized with something. That's right. So families that are choosing to come here are making the commitment because they mm -hmm. see the gospel and the promotion of that being such an important component of, 
of their family, and they want that passed on to the next generation. And we certainly are excited that we have uh, new families that are uh, mission aligned, that are having kind of coming to this realization and deciding, you know what, we thought we could uh, put our kids into a different type of school system and we're realizing it's not working out, which is a story that you and Megan have brought to Annapolis too. It's your own personal, your own personal story too. You've talked about in the past about um, having to uneducate the boys when they got home from school in the afternoon, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of families are in that same boat. And you know, we do as a school all we can to make Annapolis um, attainable, almost based on things other than finances. You know, we try really hard as a school to to diligently steward the resources that God provides us in a way that we also are then able to provide tuition assistance to those families who need it. And we have some community partners that come alongside for some of those things. And we really do at Annapolis want to be a reflection of our community. And our community is expanding, which is fantastic mm -hmm. because it brings, um, it brings great new families into the school that have the same um, missional mindset that we have as a school that have the same mindset of we want our kids in a believing school where they're going to be ordered around God regardless of whether they're in pre-k or 12th grade we know that their hearts are going to be nurtured and their minds are going to be focused on the ultimate truths not just on their own feelings for the day and uh, things that they might be ordered around in a different environment that we have here right and that's of course not to say that we are becoming an evangelistic school, it just means that we have new people applying to the school that might otherwise in the past have said, you know what, my kids are going to be fine at this other mm -hmm. entity. Mm -hmm. And they're realizing they're not fine because it's not just vanilla ice cream over there too. Right. It is some other kind of ice cream. Right. And Annapolis has uh, a different set of ice cream here as well. Yeah. And, you know, for families, it's, it's convenient to go to the neighborhood school. Um, you know, it's a close drive. It's on the way to the work. But there, it's becoming more and more obvious that even with the best intentions and the best home and church environment, you lose the battle of time. Right. Five days a week, seven to eight hours in that environment. 16,000 hours, kinder to 12th grade. Right, with explicit or implicit education going on, evangelizing going on during the most formative years of your life as a family you will you will lose that battle and and it um, you know it you shouldn't be surprised that when they go off to college mm -hmm. they will walk away from the faith because that's what they've been cooked in right for so many years and eventually you see the fruit of it so um, it it is such an important thing to kind of move past the idea that, well, it's the same ice cream served everywhere. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, you know, I, don't, I like the sprinkles here, and I don't. It's it's to move past the fact that it's not morally neutral. Right. That the, that there is a moral imperative going on, mm -hmm. and that it's worth the 15-minute drive, or right. it's worth driving past school A, B, and C mm -hmm. to come here because of what we're trying to accomplish because it's cooperating with what you're trying to accomplish at home and what the church is and when those three things are working together it's such a powerful tool and instrument in the hand of God and we, we do preach the gospel to everyone the, the, the gospel is not something that you just accept 
and then move on, right. we preach the gospel all the time because mm -hmm. we need the, that grace infused in us as we learn humbly at the foot of, at the the feet of Christ. That's right, and yeah. that's one of the things we had our our reaccreditation committee come through a couple of months ago, and one of the items that they look for in each classroom is how the biblical theology is is taught and or worked into the curriculum on a daily basis. That's one of the areas that they grade the school, so to speak. And mm -hmm. it's always good to have a reminder that that is the most critical focus we can have here. Um, education is important. Education without God is is vain, mm -hmm. right? It's pretty worthless. So mm -hmm. um, we're excited that a lot of families are discovering that Annapolis has a special brand of ice cream and a special flavor of ice cream here and that, <laughs> that we're not all vanilla with, with different kinds of sprinkles and cones and so forth. But we're seeing a definite surge of growth, which has been exciting to watch because, um, you know, there's a time period in Annapolis history where we were an, an itinerant school. We didn't have the same building every year, and now God has blessed us with this awesome campus, has blessed us with community partners that really help, uh, help us work through this campus and, and steward this campus, has blessed us with families that have been diligent um, through the years and they're giving an over and above tuition to the school, and has blessed us with now a whole set of new families to come onto campus and to help us continue our growth here at the school. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways that we have grown over the last year is we had a pilot program in special education. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that program and, and sure. where you think it's gonna go in the future. Yeah, so we had our first year of our pilot program. Uh, we had a single student. Um, it was a targeted special ed program. And the whole purpose of it was, as we look at our family community, we saw that there were families of committed uh, Annapolis families with um, who had uh, typically developing children, but then had a non-typical special ed st um, student. And as they were coming up, and we have a wonderful partnership with the Rise School. Um, we, you know, many of them were using the Rise School as a way to um, educate them at a very early age. But at some point, they age out of the Rise School. And as a school, we started looking at, can we serve the families, uh, the, the entire family, um, in ways that will challenge us as a school, but I think ways that could enhance our school and how we provide an education to not just those families, but to our entire school. So we took a leap of faith and we decided to pilot this program for, for this first year. And so we, we made it through a successful completion of that. Um, have a full-time special ed teacher and that's on purpose because we want the program to not interfere with our um, with our regular ed classrooms so that teacher pulls out the student for when it's appropriate to do um, learning time but also is there to support when we push in the student into the into the classroom to make sure that there's support so the general ed teacher can do their thing teach the students the way that we've asked them to and the way they're called to. And then um, as we push in the, the, um, the students, their support there um, to make sure that all the students are being well-educated, well-supported, all the needs are being met in a way that is uh, appropriate developmentally. We've seen just, um, just a wonderful um, growth for us as a school and our understanding of how 
vast and expansive the kingdom of God is in terms of classical Christian education. Um, I think when it first started back in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a fairly narrow definition of it. And now we see that as the movement has grown, peoples are redefining it as the accessibility is to not just certain types of kids, but it can be for, um, for all families of believing, committed Christian families and, and their children. Um, so we are kind of on the cutting edge of that from the special ed standpoint. Um, and so we are looking to slowly and incrementally grow the program. Uh, we're looking to add two more students and, and another staff person. And again, to keep it within a very targeted uh, pilot program to make sure that this is something that we can sustain as a school that will allow the students both in the general ed and the special ed classrooms to be successful. Um, so we're very closely monitoring it and we want to make sure that it is still meeting all the needs that we have as a school. But our ultimate purpose is to serve all of our families, the entire family. It was just really difficult for us to have a family drop a couple of kids off here and then drive to, um, to a school um, and get a completely different education if there were ways that we could serve the whole family, we decided to try it, and so far it's been a wonderful, a wonderful pilot program. So as the, the special ed program grows, so is the rest of our campus. Um, we're gonna see this summer some remodeling projects and some other fun, uh, fun uh, updates and so forth to our campus buildings. What is that going to look like for next year as far as the additional classes that we're going to have and the additional classroom space that we're going to need? What can families anticipate in the 2021-2022 school year when we get back to campus? Right. So we're seeing uh, continued growth in grammar particularly, which has, uh, for us, it's important to have that student-to-teacher ratio and to manage the class size and make sure that classes and teachers have the support, whether it's splitting classes or pushing in full-time aides and making sure that we can deliver on the curriculum that we are uh, we're committed to. That's meant when we we've add a second section to first grade, that means that we're going to have to move some classrooms. So we are moving our fourth and fifth grade over to what was the old rhetoric building to join sixth grade there. So fourth, fifth, and sixth grade will be together and then K through three will be upstairs in the second story. Um, preschool and special ed will be on the first floor of the grammar building. Um, and that is, uh, was required some, a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, we're also addressing some of just our, just basic stewardship. We're getting some new carpeting in some of our classrooms and this is, starting a strategic plan with the administration school board of starting to update and address some of the things on campus that we are now able to do or in a position to do to start kind of updating some of the, um, the flooring and some of the other things that we need to do on a campus just to be good stewards of it. So you'll see over the next few years just a continued kind of incremental kind of addressing of these of these issues to start updating some of our facilities. And so even over the summertime, uh, folks who come on campus might see some construction trucks and other things, maybe some dumpsters, but 
Um, we're just excited that uh, throughout the, the last couple of years, God has blessed this school with, with, with growth and with resources to be able to start taking care of some of the needs that have been present uh, and have not reached necessarily a critical stage at the moment, but these are things that we're able to get to do now, which is great, and we're excited to be able to do some of those things. And like you said, incrementally over the next several years, we'll be updating the buildings and doing some other projects like that. Right, yeah, it's the slow, steady growth that we're, we're working towards, and we just, we wanna honor the Lord in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. So I know over the, over the last year, we experienced significant growth in second grade. Um, I know that um, we ended up in the middle of the year bringing in a full-time aide to that classroom. What is that gonna look like for third grade? Yeah, so we split second grade. We have two teachers there and that will continue. Okay. Uh, we've added a second section to first grade, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. We have two sections in kinder. For third grade, we looked at um, possibly splitting those into two sections. Uh, we uh, were just, Again, what I mentioned about staffing, we're just, we wanna make sure that we find the right teacher. We just weren't able to, um, to find that person. Ms. Watson um, loves all the kids and did not want to give them up either. Um, <laughs> and for us, third grade is, a, is kind of a, a stepping up. Mm-hmm. Um, from K- kindergarten through second grade, there's a lot of small group instruction, differentiation. Third grade kind of starts our middle to upper grammar kind of track where things become, uh, the literature becomes more whole group. They all read the same books together. So it's a natural kind of coming together grade. Miss um, Watson will get supported with, a, with, an, with an aid because again, we want to make sure that all the students in the class are supported. Um, but um, that um, the decision was made that really the best option for that class and the best teacher for that class would be Miss Watson. So if we're adding an aid for third grade, we're adding a section of first grade and what is effectively a section of second grade. Are we adding new teachers elsewhere in the school as well? There will be, uh, so obviously a new first grade teacher. Um, we, uh, we had uh, just normal t- teacher turnover, so just, um, and I think we just recently put out um, some communication about who those teachers are. We are we are blessed with teachers that want to be here. This is their first choice. Many of them have great experience. Um, they, um, you know, we have, we've just recently been blessed with just some just really outstanding teachers that, um, as they hear, you know, more and more about us as a school. Words getting out. Mm-hmm. Even on a even at a professional teacher level, and teachers are wanting to come here. And um, yeah, I'm just our staff just continues to just really grow and blossom, and and really um, you know become very very excellent in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the new teachers are blessed to be joining a veteran crew of teachers too that that have always had high academic standards and taught with great excellence and served the school faithfully. And um, that makes it a lot more fun, I would imagine, for a new teacher to come into a school when, they, when there already is that faculty culture and that faculty camaraderie. Yeah, we, we have a really strong new teacher mentoring program. It's a full year orientation. It starts in the summer. Um, we have book clubs going on this summer that the new teachers are joining with the with our um, <coughs> returning teacher and veteran staff. And so, for us, the staff culture is really an important mm-hmm. component. Um, you need to enjoy 
who you go to work with and who, who you work with and that's an important thing and when you have loving caring adults that care for each other as as adults and as staff that I mean that just pours out in the classroom you know you have teachers that have your back um, there's you know just being in other school settings the teacher culture is not typically like this uh, it is kind of a uh, every man for himself mm -hmm. kind of thing or herself um, teachers kind of play things close to the vest it's there's competition I mean none of that's here teachers really cooperate work together everyone wants to see everyone succeed um, they give they give of their time mm -hmm. um, it's not uncommon to see teachers after school talking to each other um, asking questions um, we have like I said our new teachers are kind of in a cohort they all work together we meet weekly um, and so it it has built a really strong uh, unified culture mm -hmm. for us so we're looking forward to new teachers on campus next year and we're also looking forward to many other new and exciting things coming up what else can the families look forward to as we uh, as we anticipate getting back on campus in August yeah, so hopefully just a little more normalcy, uh, if we can remember what that was. Um, <laughs> but we, we are looking to open our campus again. Um, we do feel like we're at a point now where the protocols and the safety procedures and stuff that were um, required for that kind of time and season, we're able to um, kind of fade those out. Um, so families will again will have access to our buildings, they'll be able to come inside. Um, things like pick up mm -hmm. going into the classroom for grammar families was a really important thing Absolutely. just that quick face-to-face -face with the teacher the hi how you doing meeting other um, other families um, so uh, that was really a kind of an important thing so we, we definitely want to uh, be doing that again next year um, we also will be opening up lunch again where Fridays were kind of a fun mm -hmm. time where families could come they could bring food off that was from off campus um, and eat with you know their their siblings or um, you know their families and it, that was just kind of a fun really enjoyable time so they'll be able to do that and then chapels in morning time will also be open to families as well and I know for many families they miss that um, just being able to to have those those touch points during the week mm -hmm. that kind of filled in some gaps from Sunday to Sunday so um, yeah being able to open the campus again and, and have visitors um, again will, will I think really will enhance the just our experience here too I think we want this to be a partnership with families mm -hmm. we don't want them to feel like you gotta you know drop your kids off and then you know leave us alone we, we want uh, and really encourage that interaction and being on campus and so hopefully we'll be able to be able to get back to doing that again yeah that'll be a lot of fun I know uh, speaking as a parent those interactions with other parents are where our culture really does start to permeate through not just from the faculty and the students but even out into the families and um, not being able to have those weekly touch points or daily touch points for those who get to come and do pickup is, uh, is something that we all missed for the mm -hmm. last 18 months give or take and it'll be fun to be back on campus yeah yeah we're I know the teachers have been great uh, through all of this mm -hmm. but they're really looking forward to just getting back to more of a normalized schedule. They miss the interactions. They miss being able to talk to someone face to face. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we, the emails and texts and things like that are, are good modes of communication, but they really 
having the the personal the personal interaction the personal touch is really something that we really value absolutely was well, there anything else that you're excited about coming up for this new school year um i really is just the continued next step for us as a as a school and continuing following the lord and um moving ahead with um the foundations and the things that we've put in place and to be able to to have a more normalized school year and um to kind of put all the pieces together it's it's felt a little disjointed uh from virtual learning to you know on-campus learning but no visitors mm -hmm. and just to to kind of put all the pieces together um is really um is really exciting to me and just even just for myself personally just having a second year you know the first year there's always a lot there's a big learning curve and just having a second year of kind of moving things forward and um is is something that I'm really looking forward to and just seeing what the Lord has for us next year. Well, thank you so much for taking time to visit and thank you to you Annapolis families and friends of Annapolis families for listening and, and for trusting Annapolis with your children. We're excited to have the opportunity to come alongside your family as we all look towards raising these kiddos for Christ. Thank you.